As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. Welcome to the Engineer Your Success podcast, the show where we dive deep into what it takes to design and live a life where you are winning at work and at home. I am Dr. James Bryant, your host and your trusted guide. I hope that you are having an absolutely fantastic week, and I am so excited that you've decided to join us as we continue our series on talking about leadership. So there are several facets or several different facets of being a leader, and there are also many different leadership styles. Last week, we talked about balancing management and leadership. In that episode, we made a distinction between the two along the lines of you manage things and you lead people. That episode was not about leadership versus management, but it really was about understanding how both of those approaches can help make you successful. Again, that is episode 120. If you haven't had a chance to listen, I would highly recommend that you listen to that episode. So today we're going to be unpacking what I call the four B's of effective leaders. So these are pillars that support a very robust leadership style, regardless of whether you see yourself as a transformational leader or a servant leader. These traits, these four B's will absolutely help you increase your capacity to lead and lead more effectively. So I think each of these are traits that you want to embody as a leader. But let me tell you what the four B's are. Be real, be whole, be curious, and be open. So in our time together today, we're going to explore why being real is more than just a buzzword, how being whole transcends the work-life balance discussion or debate, how being curious opens the way for innovation, and being open in general, and specifically in your communications and perceptions, opens up more pathways for success. And it's not just about understanding these concepts. It's about putting them into practice, putting them into action. So at the end of every B principle, I am going to talk about what are some action steps that you can take to begin to embody the principle in your everyday life. So we have action steps, probing questions for you to reflect on so that you can integrate these principles. So whether you're leading a team, managing a household, or just looking to inspire those around you, this episode is your starting point to transform your leadership and increase your impact. So why are these four B's so important? So we're going to start with B real. This principle is the cornerstone of trust and credibility. So it's essential both at work and within our homes. Authenticity, which is all about being real, is all about 
congruence. The decisions we make, the way we interact with our colleagues, how we engage our families, it all stems from our core values. When we are true to these values, we lead with integrity. And that is something that the people around us can feel and trust, whether it's in a boardroom or at the family dinner table. Have you ever had a conversation at work where someone is coming, maybe they're a new manager or someone new to your unit, and you just get the sense that they're being fake, that they're not being real? How does that make you feel in terms of working with that individual? Just think about that. Can you think about someone that maybe works for another unit and they walk into the room and the first thing that comes to your mind is that they're being fake? Being real also denotes that you are self-aware and that you have a high level of emotional intelligence. And we're going to be doing a future episode. I think it's going to be next week on emotional intelligence. So self-awareness is absolutely paramount to being real. So to understand your emotions, your strengths, your weaknesses, it's only when you can see yourself clearly that you can begin to be authentic with others. And so this may require you to have what I call a mirror moment that I take process, that I take my private clients through, which is where you see yourself for who you are, not who you project to be. So what happens when you do not embody being real? One, I would say misalignment. Your actions may conflict with your words, causing confusion and mistrust among your team, your family members and your relatives. Low morale, so employees and family members alike, they can become disengaged if they sense inauthenticity in you. And that really begins to hit at their lack of motivation or commitment to the things that you are trying to move them through. Again, whether this is at the boardroom or in your living room, as you are trying to lead through a situation, if you're inauthentic, then people may not be willing to follow you. Inauthenticity also leads to poor decision-making. So without a strong foundation of self-awareness, the decisions may not align with the long-term goals or values that can really cause strategic missteps. Then there's the relationship breakdown. So authenticity forms the basis of strong relationships. So a lack of it leads to strained interactions, both professionally and personally. And you will find yourself in an all-out leadership crisis because ultimately the lack of authenticity will lead to a leadership crisis with a loss of credibility and authority. So what are some action steps that you can take to cultivate authenticity? One, I would say you start with self-reflection. So carve out some time to consider your daily actions. Are they in sync with your deepest convictions? At work, this means making decisions that are aligned with your company's vision and your personal ethical standards. At home, it involves being present and genuine, sharing your successes and challenges openly with your loved ones. When we talk about authenticity, I also want to mention transparency, right? So transparency, that's another key action. So bring your team into your thought process. Let them see the why behind your decisions. And at home, this translates into honest dialogues with your family. 
sharing the realities of your work and listening to their perspectives. I know for me, I tend to share with my family when I'm about to take on a new initiative or when I know that my schedule is going to be impacted. This is before I went into all-time entrepreneur, full-time entrepreneurship. And since then, I try to pull them into the, to the discussion so that they can understand what I'm thinking. And I encourage them to let me know what's going on in their world so that I can have a better understanding uh, of what's going on and adjust my schedule and my expectations accordingly. So as you think about this B principle, I want you to think through some more reflective questions. And so ask yourself this, how do my actions mirror my core values? So whether it's in a professional setting or a personal setting, personal interactions, do you stand by what you believe and consider how do you incorporate feedback into your leadership? And so that's both at work and at home. Do you actively seek it? Do you listen? And do you adjust uh, accordingly? So leaders, listen, by being real, you don't just build trust, you build relationships that can withstand the test of both your careers and your personal life. Authentic leadership is about consistency, presence, and genuine engagement in all areas of your life. So speaking of all areas of your life, that leads us to the next B principle, which is be whole. So the integration of all parts of your life is what creates a well-rounded leader. That's what creates it, right? So you can't pour from an empty cup. You've heard that said before. You may have heard it said before. And that is why balancing work, home, community, self is all critical. It's about recognizing that success in one area fuels success in other areas. It's two sides of the same coin. I often will say that there's only one you and you need to make sure that you are caring for you. So leaders who embody this B principle, they bring their full selves to every challenge. They have the ability to inspire others to do the same. So failing to embody this principle, you will absolutely lead yourself down the road to burnout. So without this kind of perspective, you risk overextending yourself, leading to exhaustion. And guess what? When you're exhausted, your performance declines. You will have neglected relationships. So this will cause personal relationships to suffer as work or whatever you're focused on takes precedence over family and self-care. If you're not taking care of yourself and you're burned out, you're neglecting your relationships, then it's going to have an impact on your health. You will absolutely have health issues because chronic stress can result from physical and mental fatigue. So you're, you have this stress, something's got to give. So you want to make sure that you take care of yourself. Then you have diminished productivity. So contrary to popular belief, working more doesn't always equate to better results. Lack of rest can absolutely impair your decision-making and creativity. So being whole, this principle is grounded in the understanding that we are not segmented beings, rather that we function best when our lives are in harmony and interconnected. So the importance of being whole, it leads to more sustained performance in all areas of life. A balanced life approach reduces stress and prevents burnout. 
and it supports a stronger sense of well-being and satisfaction. I, I do want to make a few comments. I'm just thinking through this particular B principle about some misconceptions. One is that work and life are separated. So some believe that there's a rigid separation between work and your personal life that is absolutely necessary for you to be able to perform at your highest levels. And I would say no. Being whole really advocates for a flexible integration that allows for overlap where it's beneficial. And we've all heard people say that at times things are going to have to be out of balance. I think the misconception there is when we talk about work-life balance, people sometimes assume that we're talking about a constant equilibrium, but that's not true. The ideal of balance doesn't mean spending equal time on every domain or every facet of life. It's really about the meaningful engagements that you have and being able to control how and when you spend that time. You have to be able to engage the people that are around you to let them know what's going on. And if you find that you are focused so much on work that you're neglecting these other areas, then that is not a good thing. That is not a good thing. Did an episode with James Taylor where he talked about work-life harmony. I believe that was episode 118. If you haven't heard that one, I would absolutely recommend that one where he talks about how he was reaching a point of burnout and he asked for help. He asked his company for help and they were gracious enough to provide that help for him. So do not be afraid to ask for help. Do not be afraid to seek the balance that you need in order to increase your productivity. And so in action steps for being whole, I would say do a time audit. So track how you spend your time and identify the areas where you're going to need a little bit better balance to, to round out what you're doing. Action step two would be set clear boundaries. So designate specific times for work and specific times for your personal activities and personal life and try to stick to them as closely as possible. The other thing that you can do is delegate. So delegate tasks at work and home when possible so that you can maintain the focus on high priority activities, those activities that are really going to move the ledger for you. We did an episode about the 80-20 principle. And so focusing on the 20% of activities that are helping to drive 80% of your results, both in what you want professionally and in your personal life is something that you can deploy as well. In terms of reflective questions for being whole, you look at self-evaluation. Am I prioritizing my time according to my most important roles or tasks? When you look at the effectiveness of your boundaries, what boundaries am I enforcing to protect my time and energy across different areas of my life? In overall satisfaction, do I feel fulfilled in the various roles I hold or is one area dominating at the expense of the other? The next B principle is one that I talk about often, and that is curiosity. Some of the ways that it, it comes up in conversations for me is how do you approach a particular situation? How do you approach a conversation? Do you approach it from a position of challenge or curiosity? And in this case, curiosity is you're looking to learn. You are, you're looking to 
get more information to better understand. So in a world that's defined by constant change and endless possibilities, the principle of embracing a mindset of exploration and continuous improvement really does set the foundation for success, both in individuals and in leaders. So this principle urges us to venture beyond the familiar horizons, to question, to learn, and to persistently refine our understanding and skills. It's about recognizing that the path to excellence is not static, but dynamic, inviting us to see the world through the lens of discovery and innovation. This is how every challenge transforms into an opportunity for growth and every interaction becomes a lesson in the classroom of life. So this is where we learn to celebrate the wins and learn from the losses. So be curious. It's very active because you're actively exploring these possibilities. And in terms of the importance of being curious, it drives innovation. Curiosity fuels the search for new ideals and solutions leading to breakthroughs and advancements. It enhances your learning. So a curious mind is always learning, acquiring knowledge that can improve decision-making and problem-solving skills. Adaptability. Curiosity helps leaders and their teams adapt to change, which ensures that they continuously stay relevant in response to their changing environment. And speaking of environment, fostering uh, curiosity requires an environment where questions are encouraged and the status quo is regularly challenged, where learning is a continuous journey and diverse perspectives are not just welcome, but they're actually sought after. It's this intellectual agility that allows leaders in organizations to pivot and thrive in uncertain times. So if the being curious principle is not embodied, Innovation is going to stagnate, growth is going to plateau, and you will not have the ability to adapt when changes come. So this could lead to outdated practices and absolutely missed opportunities, both in your professional and your personal life. Some of the misconceptions about curiosity is that there's a belief that curiosity cannot be developed. It's either something that you innately have, but like any other skill, it's something that you can train. You can try to be curious or you can train to be curious. I would advocate that you train to be curious. The other one is that curiosity is disruptive. And so some see it as the potential of challenging the status quo from a position of conflict, right? Like I'm coming against this. And the way that you can view curiosity, you're just exploring what are all of the possible options. And a lot of it has to do. Think with how the questions are presented. If you're in a group and you, the tone of your question is one of challenge, they're going to view that curious question as one of challenge. But if the tone of your question is one of curiosity and you're just trying to explore different options to answer some questions, then I think that comes through in how we communicate. So just two quick reflective questions for this B principle. And self-assessment, which is, do I seek out learning opportunities? Do I, how do I react when confronted with new ideals? And when you're looking at uh, team dynamics, particularly if you're leading a team of people, 
here's a question for you, which is how do I create an environment where my team feels comfortable expressing their curiosity? How do you create an environment where your team feels comfortable, where they're asking these tough questions, not necessarily to challenge the person, but to ask the questions to refine the product, to refine the process in order to make it better. So by fostering curiosity, leaders can create a vibrant, forward-thinking environment where that really thrives on exploration and learning. The last B principle is be open. So openness in leadership refers to your readiness to consider new ideas, your readiness to embrace change and to listen to others. It's about fostering that environment where communication flows freely and diverse perspectives are not just heard, but they're actively sought. So if you think of things going hand to hand, being curious and being open go hand to hand. Being curious is a more active approach because you're actively seeking this kinds of this kind of engagement. Being open is you are actively able to receive this kind of engagement and manage that for your team and in that environment. So leaders who practice this B principle, they really create a culture of trust and innovation where team members feel valued and heard. Neglecting this leads again to stagnation, uh, misunderstandings, lost opportunities, and you create an environment where you have a resistance to change. So being open encourages a culture of continuous improvement and adaptability. Openness leads to richer, more creative solutions to problems, and it builds stronger relationships among the team members and stakeholders. And I'll talk about one misconception here for being open. And part of that is some question openness or they equate openness with vulnerability, believing that it can undermine authority where in fact it actually strengthens a credibility. Because when you're being open, that doesn't mean that you will agree with what your team says or what everyone says or what the people in uh, your family says. If this is a family conversation or decision, being open means that you really do hear and consider what others have to say. And if at the end of the day, it's not the best decision for your team, it's not the best decision for your family, you're able to talk about that and communicate that. Just because you did not go with another person's decision does not mean that you were closed off or that you weren't being open. Being open is that you fully consider that decision, you fully hear that person, and then you make the hard decisions that you have to make anyway. In terms of action steps, cultivate active listening, commit to truly hearing and understanding others' point of view, and then encourage the diversity of thought. So actively seek out and consider different perspectives and backgrounds. And so I will pair this principle with the principle of curiosity. In terms of self-reflection questions, how do I demonstrate openness to my team and how can I improve? When you, I think about communication, are there barriers in my organization that hinder open communication and how can I remove those barriers so that we can create an open environment? Thank you for journeying with me through the four B's of effective leadership. 
So today on this podcast, we've navigated the intricacies of authentic leadership. We've explored a holistic approach to integrating all parts of our life. And we've delved into the pursuit of curiosity and the importance of fostering openness. These are not just traits, but principles and commitments to ourselves and to those that we lead. Again, the four B's, be real, be whole, be curious, and be open. As leaders, we're not just in the business of managing tasks, but we're also in the business of inspiring people. We're not just responsible for the output, but also for the well-being of those that we lead. And it's not just about the bottom line, but about building a legacy of positive impact. So let these four B's go into your toolbox and be a tool that can help you do that. Remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination. It is a process of continuous growth and improvement. As you integrate these principles into your life, ask yourself the reflective questions that we've discussed. You may have to pause it and go back and listen to those questions, but they are really serving as checkpoints, ensuring that you stay true to your path on effective leadership. I'm going to end this podcast like I end every podcast episode, and that's this. Many people know what to do. Few people know how to do it, and there's a select group of people that actually follow through, do it, and are living the life of their dreams. It is my desire for you to be part of that select few. Be great this week. This is your guide to winning at work and at home, Dr. James Bryant. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.